Any information in this podcast is not intended to promote or recommend any particular product or services offered by Bell's family and associates. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any investor. Before making an investment decision, investors should seek professional advice. The market just says stocks are too cheap, interest rates on an absolute basis are pretty low, and eventually they're going to come down and people rally the market through the end of the year. There is at least some chance that that happens. Now, I don't have that as a plan A, but it is so much the consensus wisdom that we're going lower in September and October. That was Gavin. I'm Rish, and welcome to Tomorrow's News. In today's episode, Gavin shares his thoughts on what the markets could look like after the CPI numbers. Let's dive in. So many things to talk about, right? Lots of different cross channels going on in markets. Last week, we had a pretty bearish week and seasonality really matters in markets. So you had that sort of bad period at the end of August, sort of settled down a little bit. We had another couple of bad days and now we're, we're into this more positive tone to start this week. We're a little oversold. We had a lot of shorts that needed covering and so forth. But what's really getting people, I think, excited is that there's lots of two-way conversation on what US CPI data is going to look like. So, you know, estimates, I think consensus is around 8.1, 8.2%, some pundits saying 8 But at the end of the day, the question is, does it really matter what the number is? It kind of matters more what the Fed does. And that's sort of my general view. So my general view is we probably struggle now with this backdrop to rally back to material new highs. But, we, you know, I could be wrong about that. But whatever happens over the next two or three weeks sort of sets us up for whatever's going to happen over the next three or four months. And there are lots of reasons to be really constructive about global markets. And there's lots of reasons to sort of stay cautious. And that's generally what makes things exciting. So I wanted to ask you, like, why do you think the CPI matters? What do you think the Fed's going to do with it? The Fed has kind of told people pretty clearly that the most important job that they're trying to do is to bring inflation back down to that approximately 2% target rate. They've said that's the thing they're focused on, sort of regardless of what other impacts may be felt in the economy. We've been at this a few months now, right? And we started early this year, and we've seen inflation be sort of sticky high, but certainly higher perhaps than I would have thought. And there's a bunch of reasons for that. Largely, they have to do with the weight of shelter sort of housing, rents, that sort of thing, continuing, the housing market's continuing to be tight from a rental perspective. And wages are sticky high. And then as well, to an extent, you've got a pretty robust consumer still, perhaps a little more robust than the Fed might like. And with that in the backdrop, you've kept enough spending going out there to to get people enthusiastic about raising prices and so forth. So you haven't seen inflation moderate. Now, it is certainly quite possible that we could see an extremely negative inflation print month over month 
And that could get people very excited about whether or not the Fed is going to need to get all the way. The current assessment is they'll need to get to Fed funds at around 4%, which is not only 75%, 75 basis points now, but probably it'd be about another 75 or so, just trying to do my math in my head, uh, beyond that. So it would mean that we'd continue to raise rates well into 2023, and we probably wouldn't be cutting them until later 2023, which would mean that we'd have very tight financial conditions. That's what concerns people if inflation isn't coming down. But the bigger issue is it's hard when you've got these sort of machines like the economy that move in big waves and you're trying to read a month-by-month signal. And that's kind of what's happening. So it's easy for this to be wrong either way. And at the moment, I think, because investors are so jittery, what they're doing is they're reacting to every little wiggle. I think the big picture remains that the U.S. economy is softening, financial conditions are getting tighter, the consumer is going to be spending less, uh, consumer debt is continuing to rise. And with that as a backdrop, it is very hard to start a new bull cycle from here. We probably need to retest somewhere near the old lows and then get started anew. So that'd be the bearish case. Now, what's the bullish case? Well, the bullish case says, Gavin, everything you've just told me, everybody knows, and it's already baked into the stocks. If you look at the S&P, earnings multiples are now in a sort of a more of a fair value range. And in fact, many some stocks are cheap, depending on what you believe in the future. And now with everyone so worried, now's the time to buy. I can certainly see that argument, but I think the concern I have is a little bit different than that. And that is that what is very challenging is that we have rapidly tightened financial conditions and we don't know where the impact of that rapid tightening might show up. It might show up in defaults around around car loans. It might show up in defaults around consumer credit. It might show up in terms of issues in mortgages. We don't know. We just don't know yet. It's so quick. We just don't know. With that as the backdrop, you know, I think that the it's an abundance of caution to say we need to get through September, probably early part of October, and then I think we can reassess based on what the market is dealing us in, in terms of making a longer term play. So that's sort of call it your macro. You mentioned that with the Fed reacting to the CPI and how inflation is going, they're going to probably not cut rates till mid next year. In terms of the investor's outlook, right? In terms of what we had, so just like looking back to what we had spoken about in our last episode, do you feel like your view has significantly changed? Because I feel like we have been talking about how the volatility is sort of going to continue and we need to take a medium and long-term sort of approach to the market. Has that changed? Do you feel like that's still where you're at? Yeah, look, I think it still is where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. I think if you're a long-term investor and you said, what would you advise? I would say, first off, I wouldn't be too worried about anything I just said with a five-year view, right? I wouldn't put all your money back into the market tomorrow but nor would I on any, on any given day. And I would probably say over the next one 
to three months is is generally going to be a not too bad period to be committing capital for the long term. Like you did suggest slowly deploying it over that period. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that, that's, that's right. But it depends on how sharp you're trying to be and whether or not we believe that we are sort of in the lower part of a cycle or we're still in the upper part of a cycle. And I would say you're probably in the lower part of a cycle, but it doesn't mean that we can't go lower And even the most bearish folks right now probably don't have the S&P even 20% down from here, right? Most of them would probably be like 10% down from here. So again, I would highlight that if that's your downside, your upside today is that we get better than double-digit returns from here over a 12-month period. That's why I think over the longer term, you're in good shape to, to just continue to call it plug away. And there's some really good data that, um, you know, that I've looked at that basically shows you that when you correlate a whole bunch of different things in terms of what's going on in the big picture, now is not a bad time to be committing capital, okay? In the very near term, though, over the next six weeks, you don't need to get too aggressive. There may be some battle scars and then I think you also need to be prepared that over the next six months, we may find something even more serious in terms of the impact of you know, private debt or other risks in the marketplace that may give you a further opportunity. So we're forming a low. When you're forming a low, it doesn't all form in one day. Cool. Sorry, can we talk a little bit more about that, about private debt and how you said at some point in the future... Like, we're not sure where, but we'll see the impact somewhere. Is that something that we should start thinking about or worrying about now or at all? So when I look at U.S., you know, unsecured, like credit card data, we're well above 2019 levels, right? Whatever cash consumers have had, they've consumed that cash and they've begun spending on their credit cards. Now, part of the reason for that is that, you know, when they were, when they were locked down, they weren't using their credit cards. They, a, they weren't spending as much. They were using things like buy now, pay later. And then once people go out and into the world and they start traveling again, they start using the credit card. So, so it's sort of natural that consumer credit would grow again. On the other hand, we are getting to some pretty spectacular levels. And I would suggest that it's probably a function of a few things. It's a function of inflation. So things cost more. So people spend, you know, spend more. Then that's number one. Then number two... I think as inflation takes hold, but wages are slow to catch up, you know, people are going down on credit. Now, banks have been incredibly diligent, that is commercial banks, around credit. They have tightened up conditions markedly. But you've got a lot of fintechs. You've got a lot of, I would call, distributed private debt. And we don't know how good those lenders have been, how diligent, how clever. We don't know whether or not there are potential issues. So to the extent that we don't know, we sort of sit here and wait, might be nothing. But if the issues start to bubble up, then what potentially is a risk is that because people can't see clearly what's happening, lenders back away very quickly. 
they don't like the opacity of that, of the risk. I mean, that was the big problem in the GFC. Nobody knew what the real risks were on, on banks' balance sheets. And it took a while for the market to figure it out. So that, I think, sits as a risk. And the reason I mentioned it as a risk is that because we've raised rates so quickly, we've tightened financial conditions so quickly, we've changed everything so quickly, you're bound to see problems. And you just don't know where they're going to show up. It's sort of the unknown unknowns. <laughs> it's, we've got a known unknown and an unknown unknown. We've got a lot of unknowns. And this is one that I think we need to fit into that risk bucket and at least try to get behind it. And I, I haven't been able to get anything close to as the depth of understanding that I would like. But um, that's sort of one of the things that I spent some time thinking about. Cool. Do you have any like fun hot takes you want to share with us? Yeah, look, I think that the thing that I would keep in mind is this, is that most market practitioners are calling for some kind of low in September, October. So one of two things is going to be true. We're either going to get that low, which will probably be a pretty automatic buying point because everybody will think that, or we're not. And things are just going to keep going higher from here. And there is some potential. I think it's a pretty low case, but there is some potential that we actually get well above that August peak and that the S&P rallies basically from here into the end of the year as everybody worries about CPI and Fed and Fed hikes and whatever, but that effectively the market just says stocks are too cheap, interest rates on an absolute base are pretty low, and eventually they're going to come down and people rally the market through the end of the year. There is at least some chance that that happens. Now, I don't have that as a plan A, but it is so much the consensus wisdom that we're going lower in September and October. And even I've said it today here, that may be the place we're dead wrong and we just sort of power into the end of the year and shock everybody. So I think you got to be ready to change your mind. I'm ready to change my mind. I haven't yet, but I got to be ready to change your mind and look at what the market's telling you right now. It's not telling you that's the case, but that can change within a week. Yeah, it'll be interesting to find out how it goes. Absolutely. Thanks, Gavin. And that's tomorrow's news. Ask us your questions on the BFA Discord at the link in the description. We'll be back next week.